Welcome into the Bears Illustrated podcast, presented by BearsIllustrated.com, your home for Baylor athletics and recruiting on 24-7 sports. I'm Pranay Malampati, alongside Andrew Miner, and this is our post-week two of college football episode of the Bears Illustrated podcast. Andrew, let's start with the big game of Saturday, Alabama-Texas two of the biggest brands in college football, two of the most storied schools in college football, in a game where Alabama was favored by 20 points, in a game where Texas five-star recruit quarterback Quinn Ewers gets hurt in the first half. Alabama has to go down the field at the end of the game in the waiting seconds and kick a field goal to win 20 to 19. What were your takeaways on Texas versus Alabama? Oh, my gosh. Uh, gosh, Texas was so close. I think we were both rooting for them. Got to be, uh, beat Bama. Um, but Nick Saban, Bryce Young survived by the skin of their teeth. Really just fascinating. And it was just clock ticking down. And it just looked like, hey, is Texas actually going to do this thing? Um, alas, they're not. Gosh, so many takeaways to, to go by it. But Bryce Young definitely looked like the reigning Heisman Trophy winner when he spun out of that, that sack that, that would have put you know, Alabama in a much more difficult position to win the game. Instead, it's like a 30-yard run, uh, sets Alabama up in easy field goal range. It reminded me of uh, Alabama-Tennessee 2009, where Tennessee almost had that one with Lane Kiffin. Uh, but but Alabama won that by the skin of their teeth. Um, the 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 thing that held Texas back, obviously the injury, and now that's the second straight game that Texas has played Alabama, and their quarterback has has left the game with a with a shoulder injury. Colt McCoy in the national championship game. Now Quinn Ewers, um, and even uh, Hudson Card, the backup quarterback for the Longhorns, was you know twisted his ankle and was kind of hobbling a little bit there uh, late in the game. Just Texas just couldn't get enough, couldn't string enough little things together to go, um, to go and get pulled off the upset victory, which was definitely way closer than anybody thought. I think, I I think it was a mixture of Alabama overlooking Texas, like just straight up overlooking them. Nick Saban said as much after the game and uh, Texas playing really, really well. Now, can they keep that up and, you know, their season isn't over either. Just like Baylor, that's a non-conference loss. They can go and have a successful Big 12 season. You know, college football playoff is even still in play for, for the Horns. So um, a lot of things to take away of. But when I say the little things, Pranay, he, here's what I mean. Final drive of the first half, Texas gets it with about a minute 24 on the clock at their own 12-yard line. And they're going, just trying to put some points on the board, obviously it's it's 10-10, but can they do anything before before halftime? Well, they get a huge 42-yard completion to Bijan Robinson with 25 seconds left to play. Texas has two timeouts. They're now at the <clears throat> they're now at the Alabama uh, 20-yard line. So they're in the red zone, 20-yard line, 25 seconds left, two timeouts. It's first down. Clock stops in college football for a first down. And Texas just straight up decided not to use a timeout. And they did not spike the ball either. By the time Cuts and Hard, by the time he threw his next pass and 
and um, and they got I think they got out of bounds. They, they definitely got out of bounds. He completed the next pass. They went out of bounds. It was only for one yard, and there's 17 seconds left on the clock in the half. Why is this important? Because they should have called a timeout immediately and had 25 seconds on the clock, brand new set of downs in the red zone to operate. <clears throat> Instead, they waste eight seconds for an exchange of one yard. They still have two timeouts left. And then ultimately, they get a couple passing interference penalties in the end zone that puts, puts them at the two-yard line. They only have one play, uh, <clears throat> one play from the two-yard line, you know, five seconds left. So they, uh, they throw, you know, throw another incomplete pass, and they ultimately have to try to settle for a field goal, which is, which is blocked. If they call a timeout right away, and they go into halftime with both timeouts in their pockets, doesn't carry over, can't save them, you can't take them with you. And instead of calling a timeout, letting everybody catch their breath, trying to operate a little bit more, they, you know, they really screwed the pooch. They lost, they had horrid time management in that one final sequence. Uh, and, and ultimately it cost them points. It was a blocked field goal. Yeah. They probably should have had the three. Yeah. That would have been good enough to win the game, but you waste time. You waste those valuable seconds, uh, especially against Nick Saban, Alabama, that's going to come back to haunt you. And for me, that was just, you can't do that. It was mind numbing and just crazy how they just would not refuse to spend a timeout um, there. So that's, that's my little, little rant. And, you know, I don't know if there's anything you want to rant on in, in that game. I, I know there's a whole thing about the safety in the end zone. And is that a safety? Is it not a safety? What the hell happened? Uh, but I, I wanted to dig a little bit deeper because that, that should not go uh, un, unnoticed in that game. There's your minor minute for the day. Um, I, I want to go around the Big 12 now and read off some of these Big 12 scores um, and, and share our takeaways on the rest of these games. So, obviously, Alabama beats Texas 20-19. Baylor lost 20-26 in double overtime. We have a separate episode on that. And then we get to another overtime game between two Big 12 teams, Kansas and West Virginia. Kansas beats West Virginia in overtime by a weird score of 55-42. to Iowa State took down Iowa in at Iowa 10 to 7, low scoring game like all those Hawkeyes games seemingly are. Um, Oklahoma State, I mean, Oklahoma was struggling with Kent State for about a quarter and a half, but then they pulled away and, and they were down 3 0, and then they ended up winning 33 to 3. Oklahoma State won 34 to 17 over Arizona State. Um, and then Texas knocked off Houston, who was ranked in overtime 33 to 30 so any of those oh and then kansas state destroys missouri from the sec so i think my biggest takeaway there is that a lot of these big 12 teams are really good this year i think this is going to be a good conference like even kansas looks like a good team which which we, we we haven't been able to say for how many years now like west virginia is a team that gave Pitt a run for their money a Pitt is probably one of the best teams in the ACC and Kansas knocks them off. Um, Iowa state wins on the road at Iowa. Um, and then you got Oklahoma, Oklahoma state who are, all, who are both obviously really good. Texas tech beats Houston. I mean, I think that this is going to be a brutal big 12 season, a fun big 12 season, but I think we're going to have, there's going to be a big pack in the middle. You, we might have 
a bunch of teams beating each other up. Yeah, I, I don't think I came away Saturday thinking anybody looks particularly strong, um, which is really weird to say because Texas and Baylor obviously looked great against really, really good teams. Um, but I, I, I feel like just any it's anybody's conference. Like anybody could win this this conference with maybe – you know, maybe not Kansas. Maybe they're not good enough yet. Maybe not West Virginia. Um, you know, maybe not TCU type thing. And maybe not Tech. But, I mean, Tech Tech proved it against Houston. Overtime upset victory. They, they, they beat Houston um, on their home field. And a lot of people didn't, didn't see that coming. Texas obviously looks really good. It'll be interesting. Quinn Ewers is now out for about three weeks, I think. Um with, with a shoulder shoulder injury and, and more information to come on that. Uh, the Oklahoma's pulled away, but they didn't look fantastic against, you know, lesser opponents. Kansas State looked great. Iowa State barely won, um, and it took a driving rainstorm to force Iowa to miss a final field goal that would have pushed it into overtime. Kansas, again, beat West Virginia. I think if you're West Virginia, you're just killing yourself. I think you just want to vomit uh, the, the fact that they gave away – the first two games of their season um, that that's just a sickening, you know, dark hole in your, in the pit of your stomach feeling when, when you know, you probably should have won both of those, those games, which would have been a huge upset and then a great way to start off conference play. Kansas, by the way, only the third team, I think since 1996 to win by 13 points in overtime. So definitely a strange score there. Uh, but I came away thinking it's, it's basically anybody's conference and, um, it should be really fun. I think you're exactly right on the money, um, Pranay. Yeah, and not only did I come away thinking it's anybody's conference, I came away from yesterday thinking it might be anybody's national championship. Notre Dame lost to Marshall after giving Ohio State a tough battle the week before. Pitt goes down to Tennessee in overtime. Um Arkansas wins 44 to 30 over South Carolina, who is a solid team, but in the SEC, they're not one of the best teams, one of the better teams in the conference. Um, what else happened? Texas A&M lost to App State. App State, by the way, their program, how, how far has it come since that massive upset over Michigan? This is two weeks in a row where they're in tight battles with good power five teams. Always in tight battles, yep almost beat UNC and then they knock off AM in college station. Kentucky took down Florida in the swamp 26 to 16 a week after Florida beats Utah, who was ranked number seven in the country preseason and, and should be a good team. Um, USC kind of – USC controlled the game at Stanford, but they only win 41 to 28, and USC looks really good. But – I, I don't know if they're going to kind of run away with the Pac-12. I, I still think Utah is a, is a big contender there. And then, I mean, kind of looking like Georgia might, might repeat his national chance. I was, I was going to say, I, I would only push back on anybody's national championship um, because of Georgia. I think, I think you got a, a quarrel there with the defending national champions especially after how good they looked in week one against Oregon. Um, so like I said last week, nobody ranked them number one, but I think, I think Georgia is definitely my number one team. They were after week one. 
Um, and then, and then it's basically everybody else. Uh, so I think it's definitely anybody, anybody can make the college football playoff for sure. Right. And Pranay, this weekend in the top 25, number six, eight, nine, 12, 17, 19, and 25 all lost. That's seven top 25 teams lost this weekend. And there were plenty more, plenty more upsets as well. Obviously the star of the day, the best conference of the weekend was the Sun Belt. Sunbelt had three upsets, uh, right? Marshall beat Notre Dame, Appalachian State beat uh, uh, Texas A&M, and then Georgia Southern upset Nebraska in Lincoln. Obviously, Nebraska wasn't even ranked, but it did lead the Cornhuskers to fire Scott Frost, so that's official as of as of today. Um, no, you know, basically paid him $15 million to walk away. There's no negotiated... Uh, buy out there. Um, so that's your Nebraska news as, you know, for the first time in their history, they scored over 35 points at home and lost. So they have like a 245 and one record uh, when that happens. Um, you know, just, just a crazy, crazy uh, day. And you know what? The Pac-12 got to give them credit, bounced back. Washington state went into Madison, beat Wisconsin uh usc looks good i think i think all their skill positions their major skill positions are all transfers running back quarterback and wide receivers so they definitely look good under lincoln riley it'll be interesting to see how it plays out throughout the year um stanford also threw four interceptions uh so you know i think i think that might have been people are saying that inflated the score a little bit i didn't i didn't get to watch that one uh to be truthful but utah and Gosh, Utah and uh, Oregon, those poor teams that they face, they put up they put up 70 uh, points, each of them, 73 for Utah and 70 for Oregon. So they bounce back in a big way. So it'll be interesting to, to keep an eye on them. Um, and, uh, you know, just just some other real quick around around the around the nation, just some other games you might have missed that were just really, really entertaining. Uh, Northwestern lost at home to Duke. They put up, they, they spotted Duke a 21 nothing lead, were, came all the way back to try to tie it at the end and actually fumbled with about 12 seconds left into the end zone. They fumbled at the goal line and Duke recovered in the end zone uh, to seal that victory. Just crazy, uh, crazy game. Eastern Kentucky beat Bowling Green in seven overtimes. Incarnate Word beat Nevada. Weber State killed Utah State. And Holy Cross used a Hail Mary to beat Buffalo. Um, so just some, just some crazy nonsensical, you know, college football nonsense that we all, that we all know and love. Of course, Baylor BYU went into double overtime, uh, in the nightcap that went into the, the early AM of Sunday morning. Um, and that was, that ended with a field storming. So gotta love it from all angles. Love the Sun Belt, Appalachian state. It's actually only their top, their second top 10, uh, program victory. Uh, of of course the other one being 07 in in the big house at, at Michigan but so they've really only beaten two teams but to your point they go toe to toe every single time with uh and any power that they play uh but it was nice to see them get the job done against the Aggies that was uh that was a a beatdown by Chase Bryce and uh the Mountaineers who I wasn't sure I thought I thought that uh the emotions of almost beating UNC the week before at home and then going on to the road uh, and, and playing Texas A&M. I, I thought 
that they just might be emotionally drained. Uh, to their credit, they weren't. And the plays play disparity were was, was crazy. Texas A&M only scored one offensive touchdown. And then back in Boone, North Carolina, Brene, I don't know if you've seen the videos of them just dancing in the street, jumping into the lake. Uh, it just looks absolutely wild. I haven't, but that sounds fun. Um, a lot of a lot of crazy college football this this past weekend, and boy, did Oregon need that victory after what happened to them last week against Georgia. They got absolutely throttled, and I the reason I say that I'm not completely convinced that Georgia is just going to run away with this thing is because I really don't respect Oregon all that much. I don't think they're that good of a football team. Like, I don't think they're – they're not ranked in the top 25 right now. I don't think they are a top 25 team. And Georgia destroying a solid Power 5, Pac-12 team, but no no one of any note, I think, this season. I, I That's why I don't think um, Georgia's for sure going to gonna run away with the national championship. I want to see how BYU does against Oregon this weekend because if BYU can, I was going to say, careful that might that might dampen your BYU argument. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, I'm saying I I think if BYU can do something similar to what Georgia did to Oregon, it, it kind of shows that it's just Oregon not being that good of a team, and I, I feel like BYU is going to beat Oregon pretty handily. We'll we'll see what happens. Not um, Oregon, okay. but this I think this season. I mean, it already is, but. This season seems like it's it's going to go kind of like 2007 when you had, what was it, two loss LSU win the national championship after a bunch of teams rotated through those top two spots. Yeah. When, when Kansas and Missouri were in the mix. Kansas South, who – South Florida, Boston College, and, yeah. and, and Appalachian State. Well, that's when they had their last big upset was 2007, of course. So That was that year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now Kansas leads – the Big 12 with a 1 0 conference record. So let's see how yeah, that you, you, you might, you might be, uh, you might be onto something for now. Yeah, it would be. And amazing. Kind of like the Razorbacks look really, they look really good. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they stack up, uh, as, as well. Uh, not only to the, the teams in the SEC, but also to BYU. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Arkansas took down Cincinnati already. They look like a very good team. That that Arkansas BYU game is going to be, I think it'll be one of the defining moments of the middle, one of the defining games of the middle of the season. Man, so much so much great college football to look forward to this year. We've already had so much drama, and it's just getting started. Just getting started. It's incredible. All right, that's it for us for this post week two recap. But thanks so much for listening. And always, please feel free to share questions on Twitter or in the comments. Thanks so much. Thank you.